Do, 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 do. Hello? Todd, how are you? I'm good. Look how good you look. Looking handsome today, ain't you're like in the. It looks to me like you're in the hard hat museum. <laughs> or maybe it's called the Museum of Hard Hats. Yeah, that's my IKEA improv backdrop. I like it. It looks good. <laughs> Everybody, it's the Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast. How art thou? I hope you're good. Yes. Yes, I bet you are. I, I bet that is exactly how this works. Welcome to September or whatever it is time when you're listening to this. Because it's really, I have to remember that not everybody listens at one time. And so you could, and it's fine. I mean, that's probably the benefit of a podcast is you can listen to this crap anytime you want to. It's right there, available, click and go. It's that simple. But anyway, welcome. I hope all is well for you. I don't have anything very exciting. I mean, this is a good thing for me, but I don't have any really exciting, phenomenal stories to tell uh, other than I went and heard a guy who you should probably look up, but I think he's kind of hard to find. And his name is Seth James. Now, I might have talked about him before, but I went and saw him in this little town in New Mexico called Red River. And, uh, man, was it a killer sh- uh, it, was an am- it was like a private show. It was amazing. And I honestly think, I'd be curious what you think, too, so you can put in the comments. But he is so good. His band is so good. He has the Waxahachie horns. So he's got a horn section. It's kind of like if, if, if blues and country got married and took their honeymoon in New Orleans and then stopped by Kansas City and then came back, that's kind of what this music would be. It's, it's this, I don't even know how to describe it other than it's really fun and totally worth looking up. If you like music, you'll totally dig this. But anything with the horn section... I've discovered as I get older and wiser is worth your time listening to. And so it was a killer show, amazing show. Thank you, Seth James. I wanted to go up and talk to him, but I couldn't find him after the show. I saw him before the show, but of course I didn't go up then because I didn't want anyone to take my seat, you know, because that's the seat. But after the show, I couldn't find him. But I wanted to ask him if I could play some tunes for you guys because I will. I mean, I'll still I'll still get all of him. I think he's quite attainable because – there, when he first, well, so when we got there, we pull up and it's an outdoor show and we pull up right as he, they're just starting the sound check. And we are the only people there. I mean, the only people in the whole thing. And so we're getting this private concert, which was super cool. And then the actual concert concert was double super cool. So it was a great time. Seth James, check it out. Pretty hard to find. I mean, he's, he's kind of down low. And I think that my guess is, this is the part you need to tell me because you're better at this than I am. My guess is that's by design. That's what he wants to do. Because I'm pretty sure if he wanted to be super famous, he'd be super famous. So that, that's, that's an editorial comment, but I think it's a solid one. Today's podcast is a – I've been looking forward to this. You'll hear it in my voice too. I've been looking forward to this podcast for a long time. Now, we're going to talk to Mike Starner. And if you don't know Mike – he is the executive director of, like, Lineman Safety. I actually think his title is Outside Line Safety, if I have that. I'm going on memory. But what he is mostly is this really super interesting safety guy. And one of the reasons he's so super interesting 
is, well, you know, he comes at it like so many of you do. And that is he, he came out of the ranks and really rose to a position where now he's kind of the national safety guy. He works for NECA, which is the National Electrical Contractors Association. I did write that down because I was pretty sure I'd get that wrong. And uh, he's located in, in, in D.C. He lives in Baltimore. You can tell that because of the sweet Baltimore duck pin bowling uh, crab cakes accent he has. I mean, it's definitely going to come through loudly and clearly. But he, he really represents this amazing effort that he does around safety. So that's a great conversation in and of itself, but that is not the reason I was excited about the podcast. That's a reason to be excited about the podcast, but the reason to be excited about the podcast, I don't even think I should tell it. Maybe I'll talk about it at the I, I'm not going to talk about it now because I don't want to ruin it. But, but Mike has a hobby that I think is as interesting uh, as any hobby I've ever encountered. Okay, let's just put that out there because it's built around the idea. So if, if you travel a lot, and a lot of us on this podcast do, if you travel a lot, there are some things you do that I would suggest are habits. But what they really are are probably, it's probably identifying a high potential air likely situation and putting a control in place. And one of those is you tend to park at the same place all the time in your home airport. And the reason you do that is because you don't have to think. I mean, it's the one thing you know for sure is I always park here. And so when I get off the plane, I'll just go there. Now, when this is a problem is when your parking place is either closed or full because then you're kind of out there without controls. But mostly it works great. I mean, you park in kind of the same area, you know, right where it is. It's your pattern. It's your habit. And, and human beings are pattern-making creatures. And so we create this pattern, and it works beautifully. That is all I'm going to say about Mike. But that's a pretty important piece of background because that's going to play into this conversation in a large, large way. You're about to meet somebody who not only is a peer, not only has a, a rock and safety job, not only understands safety as a function of making work better to do, but also has taken on a cause that has become a hobby that is the most interesting cause hobby I've ever seen. I mean, I think. I'll be curious to see what you think, but nonetheless, it is very clever. One prediction I will make is you will look up an Instagram page. You will look up mop.boss. Okay, that's all I'm going to say because I'm about to ruin it. I'm about to blab out everything here, so I shouldn't. So that's the pod. It's a great conversation. I'm so incredibly glad you're here to listen to it because I would hate it if you missed this one. It, it's, it's, it's worth listening to. That is for sure. And I just think this time we get to hang out together is fun anyway, so I'm completely happy with this, and I'm completely happy with the chance to just keep talking to you and, and sharing ideas and talking about things. If you have other ideas like you're about to hear today, tell me about them because I'm always kind of searching for interesting things to do on the podcast. And you guys are pretty good about telling me stuff to do. So I kind of feel like you'll do it. You'll, you'll, you'll give me some hints, but that would be a great thing to do if you could do it. So pass it along. I'm easy to get a hold of. Just contact us. We're glad to do it. And if it's interesting, I can almost guarantee we'll make some time for it. There's some super cool stuff coming up on the pod. The next couple ones are really interesting. 
Um, not that the, the one, the, the past ones aren't interesting. Not, not that today's isn't interesting, but, um, there's one coming up that I, I'm really pleased by. It's a, it's, it is a very cool podcast and that's right around the corner as well. You're going to learn about a relatively new simulation center, uh, in the United States Navy. And that's coming up and that is completely, you're going to love it. I mean, completely worth listening to, but I should probably stop doing this discussion and get into Mike because you, you'll want to listen to what Mike has to say as well. So without any further ado, this is Mike Starner, and we're going to talk about safety and the world and something super interesting. And it's all going to happen at the same time, and you're invited to come along. So enjoy. Well, can you believe when we sat out on talk, we'd actually do a podcast? No. Have you been listening to him so you know what no, no i'm going in cold man are you really yeah so you know it's a world famous podcast and has a lot of nudity in it oh man as I'm not drunk <laughs> <laughs> as as every good podcast should it, in fact it should so so this is great well so let's just get to i mean we're kind of going now so i always get started right from the top so that's all good and happy and stuff introduce yourself to the world because uh actually your job is quite impressive yeah i kind of stumbled across the role that i'm in and i always tell people you hope that the culmination of your career lands you in a spot where you can really make a difference and you know what i do now is you know uh, represent electrical contractors across the country those that do line construction so electric transmission and distribution work in the area of safety so i started out right out of high school uh, worked on my uncle's tree crew. So I did line clearance tree trimming for a while. And, wow. you know, I was getting tired of, uh, scraping by with the salary that I had. And I, you know, working around linemen, you know, on storms and things and said, Hey, those guys are making a lot of money. That's probably the thing for me. Another high risk industry, always kind of one of those guys that, you know, kind of drawn to that right high level of, uh, attention and, and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, the, the level of excitement that comes from doing work that, you know, other people generally don't, you know, gravitate towards. So, yeah. Yeah. so I got hired on with the local utility, uh, worked my way up through the ranks. And, you know, most of my career has been in operations, either in the field, performing work or, you know, as a leader, supervising work. And at some point in my career, uh, I rotated, as they do sometimes in a utility company, they'll rotate your assignment. And I was rotated into the safety role. Right. And, you know, safety has always been, you know, part of what we do. I mean, even on the crew, you know, the attention to safety and, and, and risk management and, and looking out for each other and, and being part of that process has always been part of what we do. But, you know, this is the first time in my career that I was actually tasked with that as a role. Um, and, man, I caught it's like I bit, got bit by the bug. Because to me, you know, safety is like operations, you know, it's, it's achieving tasks, achieving goals. But, uh, you know, the, the product, you know, the work product is keeping people safe, which is what can be better than that. It is and pretty it's good. You know, because generally in safety, you're managing other people's people or helping other people's people be successful. And so there's no direct authority. And so you need to do it through influence and inspiration. And, and I loved it. So, you know. Once I got bit by that bug and, you know, got rotated in other roles, I said, look, I need to find another safety role. So I left the utility and went to work for some contractors, 
which gave me that broad perspective in my industry. So I'm looking at it from the owner, the utility perspective, and I can look at it from the contractor perspective. And I can look at things from the field perspective and the office perspective. And, and one more, I can look at it from an operations versus a safety perspective. So wow. when I say that the culmination of my career landed me where I am today and been able to provide the guidance and, and uh, representation for our contractors, man, to me, it's a dream job. How has is, how is the way you think about safety changed in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so? Well, I would say, you know, and this is probably true of everybody, right? So, you know, and, and honestly, this is a message I try to send to folks is safety is a skill that you have to kind of learn and improve over time. You know, so when you're first introduced to safety, it's like compliance. Yeah, You know, I have to do what they're telling me to do. You don't always associate the things that you have to do with keeping yourself safe. Sometimes it's looked at as an annoyance, right? It's like, right. Oh, man, they're busting my chops over this or that, and I got to do this, I got to do that. But I think the evolution is, for me personally, and I think the industry too, is moving away from just following the rules or, or complying with rules and understanding uh, the risk management piece, right? The understanding that there's risk out there that you have to protect yourself from. You can't always remove risk, so you have to operate in these high-risk conditions and situations and and the rules applied give you that sort of base layer that you can build upon, but it's really how human beings interact with each other and interact with the systems. And that's the thing I've learned the most, it's sort, of, sort of more of these sophisticated ideas around how human beings think and how they interact in the systems and how you know we generally kind of get it wrong because we're looking for a quick fix. Right. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's been an evolution for me, for sure. Has it been, um, has it been, has it, so has the change in really looking – so the big shift that I see, and this is what I hear you saying too, is we're moving from where the we used to try to fix the worker to now we're looking at a much bigger question where we're looking at how can we fix the system so the worker can succeed, the worker can be successful, which is pretty much what you said. How has that move changed the industry? Well, I, I tend to give a lot of credit to the nuclear industry, right, and its influence on the utilities, and, and so that, that – that influence spills over into the contractor workforce because the expectations are there. So, you know, more around um, job planning, work planning, worker selection, task-based training, uh, understanding that, uh, you know, you have to have a crew that can get together and talk to each other and trust each other. So this team dynamic so that you can have sort of those healthy comp, con, you know, conflicts on the job site to, to, to dig out what's the root of the issue and, and then collectively come up with solutions, right? Because I think when everybody in that in that work group or that team comes up with a solution, they're more likely to you know uh, stay committed to the results. Um, so you know it's just a matter of you know making sure that everybody is uh, looking for the best way to get a job done, but with this emphasis on on the fact that we're humans, right? And that to me that was the biggest change in my thought processes. We have inherent weaknesses, right? So we can expect, we can anticipate us falling short in whatever we're doing. And if we can anticipate it and put some protection around it so that when things go wrong, we can fail safely. That's really the goal. Oh, you're, you're amazing. That was beautiful. So do you, uh, how much time do you spend in the field with, with actual crews hanging out with the, with the, with the working people? Uh, not as much as I used to. I, I, I would say that's the one drawback. So, you know, I have a national role. I, I float around. I support our chapters. I support our contractors. Uh, I try to get out on job sites as much as I can, but it's not nearly as much as I'd like to. And, 
you know, the part, there's a part of me coming from the field, having had my hands dirty, understanding the work and, and being able to relate to those folks at the tailboard of the truck. Uh, I miss that piece. Yeah, uh, sure. So whenever I have a chance, whenever I have a contractor that can hook me up, you know, get me out on the job site and we could talk shop out on the back of a truck, man, I love those days. That's cool. Get, getting close to the people. That's, that's extra fun. I mean, that's a big yeah. part of it. So, but you do travel a lot for work, right? I mean, that's a big part of what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So we have chapters across the U S and, you know, and outside of the U S and so, you know, we support our contractors in any way that they need, you know, a lot of what we do is supporting their interests, right? So regulatory wise, right. you know, being at the table. So you're not on the menu kind of thing. Right. That's a lot of what we do. Uh, but, you know, we'll go and we'll, we'll support chapter events. You know, like at the end of this week, I'm going to go to a grand opening, one of our uh, training facilities in, in uh, Washington State. Uh, so I'll give a little pep talk to the guys and, you know, and, and walk around and check out the facility and help support that. And then the week after that, I'm going to Missouri Valley where they're going to have a line school graduation. So, I'll, you know, again, I'll walk around, shake some hands and you know, give a pep talk and, and really help send the message that, you know, especially in this early stage of their career, this is when, you know, they can sort of develop these habits that are going to make them not only, you know, not only protect themselves, but help them become safety leaders and help protect other people. So, you know, in our industry, there's a lot of rock and roll. Let's get it done. You know, this is where the cool guys hang out. Yeah. You get a lot of that stuff. And so for new folks entering the trade, you have to kind of contrast a little bit about, okay, this is a profession. We're skilled craftsmen. You know, safety is not uh, an extra step of the job. It's cooked into the work that we do and how we do our method. You know, our methods and our work practices are all about performing our work in an incident-free way. So I try to help offset that before they get thrown to the wolves, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I do a lot of that. It's and then I do a lot, you know, getting out in industry events, you know, getting out there and doing talks and things that, you know, think are relevant or timely. It's been really interesting watching you guys from the outside because – your training is just, at least the exposure I've had to it, which has been kind of a lot, just strikes me as world class. It must be better now than it ever was before. I mean, you must remember a time where training was pretty informal and watch oh, this. Yeah. And, but now it's, it's, I mean, these facilities are amazing. Yeah, when I was a tree trimmer, you know, they threw me a set of hooks when there was some downtime and said, you know, practice climbing that tree out on the job site, you know, a couple guys sitting around throwing walnuts at you while you're trying to do it. Right. (laughs) And then, you know, of course the utility, a little bit more refined training program, but even that in that situation, you know, was a a lot in in, in the city limits of Baltimore, you know, in between the rail, the railroad tracks and, and a busy industrial area. And it was a couple poles thrown in the ground. And, you know, when, when energized yard to make it so that you could practice and, perform hot work. It was just closing some lime fuses on to the existing feeder that was in the neighborhood. So in today's world, we have uh, more control over the environment. We have these simulators that introduces voltage to the line. So the guys get used to working things hot, but it doesn't have the amperage, you know, it doesn't have that necessarily have that, uh, the lethal potential that, you know, working it the way I did was. So you're right. It was a lot of, how are we going to get it done? Just get out there and let's roll with it. And now it's a little bit more prescribed. We have world cl- world class curriculum uh, that these guys are taught with, and then each area, local area, trains their people based on you know local needs, specific needs. Because that's another thing in the utility business. Every utility is just a little bit different, right? 
their, the way their system is built and constructed, their work methods, their processes, their work rules. So, you know, each local area has to be able to train folks specifically to the, the area where they're expected to work. But with a journeyman lineman, you know, you could get the call and you could be anywhere tomorrow. So and often are. I mean, the, 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 that's that's pretty common. That it seems like you need to love the work, be able to travel, and have a beard. Those seem to be the three requirements, at least from that's from my observation from the outside looking in. Well, it's exciting to watch your industry, and I think one of the most exciting things is watching your guys mature. And and it is so much more than follow the rules, shut up, do your work. <clears throat> People are now talking about you know, human systems and how people fit in that systems. And it's, it's encouraging. It's fun. It's really fun. One of the thing I think is the coolest is, you know, you and I, you know, I'm, you, you speak a lot. I, I go around and do some speaking engagements and, you know, what I'm seeing more and more of is, you know, sort of field level employees doing safety talks, yeah. you know, going to these events and talking about maybe some life experience that they've had or, you know, some method that they've perfected or whatever. Um, you don't necessarily have, uh, it's not all from top down. You have a lot of this this sort of groundswell of, of of folks from the trade that are that are speaking and talking, which I think is cool and telling cool stories. I mean, right. the, the cool thing is they're not going up and saying, "Don't be me." Remember those old talks where they would say, "You know, don't do what I did. Don't be an idiot." Now they're actually talking about progressive, forward looking things. What I love are those talks where these guys get up just just normal guys get up and talk about this is a condition we discovered. Here's what we learned. That's always key, and here's how we fixed it. And I think that emphasis on learning, you know, even though your industry doesn't specifically talk about being a learning organization, one of the things you guys are clearly is a learning organization. I mean, it's you can see it everywhere, the training centers, the simulation centers, the, the safe-to-fail environments for practice. I mean, you guys, you're always learning, and because you're always learning, you're always getting smarter. And I think why, you know, at least this is unbiased, but I think why our trade is, you know, is quick to pick up on it is continuous improvements kind of cooked into our trade. Yeah. You, when you first start working, you're you're trying to figure out how can I be as efficient as possible on the job site so yeah. I'm adding value to the crew. As a lineman, you're thinking about how can I change this pole out a little faster than I did last time through efficiency, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of emphasis on don't work yourself to death, you know, be yeah. work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And, so, you know, we're programmed, I think, as a trade to always look for how can we get better? God, that's a good point. That's a really, really good point. And it brings me to the most exciting gift because your job is crazy cool, but it's not the most exciting thing about it. <laughs> to me, what is amazing is that you travel a lot. So you go to the airport a lot and you travel out of your home airport. So you park in the same place because anybody who travels a lot knows you park in the same place because if you park in the same place then you don't have to think when you get off the plane, you know where your car is because it's always where you park. You and, got it. and out of that, you made a discovery and I'm dying to talk about this. I've been excited about this for a week. <laughs> well, I'll give you the background. So. Yes, let's hear it. Cause this is the, this is you, the Instagram page you have is so interesting to me. So this is a couple years in the making. And so this is even before the role. So I've been in my role here where I'm at today for two years and there's a lot of travel and, that, and that's where I really started to notice this issue. But it was before that, you know, my previous role, I had some travel associated. So this is probably two and a half, three years um, and in a parking garage outside the local airport. Uh, I always park on the top floor. It started that way because I had a larger truck and I just I, I don't know, I guess 
I thought I was better up on the top floor with a larger truck, you know, space and people not banging into inst- and not, or not being obstruction. You know how the spaces are. Yeah. And I always want to get on the last bus stop because there's four bus stops in the in the garage. I don't want to get on the first bus stop because then you have to sit through all the other bus stops. Yeah, you have so three I, more to sit there. Yeah. So I park on the very top floor all the way over to the last bus stop, which is the, the, the least used area of the garage. And I started to notice this mop bucket. <laughs> this mop bucket that's laying in the, uh, you know, where the elevator uh, uh, stairwells and things are located. You walk through, you know, they got the automatic doors. They open up. There's a mop bucket. this is so funny at first i just you know okay you know just like if you had a leak in the house okay short quick let's do something to catch the water so we don't have a mess i didn't really pay a whole lot of mind to it but after you know two trips three trips four trips five trips this thing is not only has it not moved it changes so (laughs) there might be a, a tarp underneath at one time the ceiling panels might be removed another time uh, you know, so it's always changing. And so, you know, I used to post it on, you know, on my personal account to say, Hey, look, look check this out. You know, the mop bucket's still here. Um, and then somebody said, man, you gotta, you gotta start an Instagram page. You gotta, <laughs> you know, we gotta, we gotta, you gotta garner some support for the mop bucket. So that's what I did. And Todd, I tell you, I'm, I'm going to get on a plane this weekend, and I'll be surprised if it's not there. <laughs> I think the funniest thing you said to me is because uh, we were talking about this idea that you're doing. It's really disruptive social good is what this is called. This is a whole phenomenon, and that's where you gently take a picture of a problem, a, a civic problem, a problem that's owned by you know, in this case, the the airport or the port authority or whoever owns whoever operates that parking lot. And you sort of gently show them a problem, but you persistently and consistently show it, and it becomes such a a, a, a loud noise eventually that they have to fix it. I, and I told you that uh, there was a big gap in the bike trail in Santa Fe, and I found two cones in the river and put the cones on the gap, and every day I would adjust them. Every day I'd put them back up. Every day I'd put them there. So it looked like the city was doing it. And what happened, and this is the the moral of this is what you told me, is eventually they fixed it. (laughs) And I was so sad. And that's what you told me is if you take enough pictures, they're going to fix the problem. Then you won't have the Instagram page anymore. That'd be terrible. Right. I'd be, I'll have, you know, conflicted feelings about that. (laughs) Well, what's funny is there's a couple times when I thought they were gearing up to fix it. I came home late one, one time. It was a late flight. Everything's dark. Creep up to the top floor of the garage. And there's one of those, uh, you know, man lifts. And I'm thinking, oh, they're they're prepping for tomorrow. They're going to get up on that roof and they're going to patch that roof and it won't be there next time. So I was like, ah, crap. But it was, it was still there. <laughs> oh, and thank then, goodness. There was another time, the ninth, the, the, this is on the ninth level. The ninth level was closed down. And I said, oh, here they are. They're, they're keeping people from the ninth floor because they're going to start doing work. And when they opened it back up, it came up there, all fresh, new white painted lines. The whole parking lot was maintained. I guess they did some things with the lighting, but there's the mop bucket. So, <laughs> so if people wanted to see this Instagram page, what's the address? Let's see if we can get your numbers up even higher because these people who listen to the pre-accident pod, they'll probably check this out. This is a pretty good thing to do. Yeah, it's just mop.boss, you know, sort of a play on the mob boss. So it's right. mop boss. Mop.boss. It's done. Yeah. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mike, I can't, I can't even tell you how fun this was. Thanks for making the time to do this. Oh, for sure. And thanks for having me. Uh, it was great fun. And I, I'll see you again on the road someplace, I hope. Oh, for sure. So what I tell you, I told you, wasn't that incredible? The fact that he's been tracking this mop bucket in the Baltimore airport this long is simply stunningly interesting to me. But not nearly as interesting as the fact that they haven't fixed the leak in that long and that they they actively maintain. The, there's somebody whose job it is to maintain the, the mop. In fact, I bet that job's changed hands a couple times. That's how long he's been doing it. Mop.boss. And what you're going to see is a, a record over time of a phenomenon that exists that's amazing. Now, this is a great opportunity to do some constructive work with the organization and make it better. But mostly, if that happens, he'll lose his Instagram account where he tracks a mop bucket. And I like the fact that it's a safety guy tracking a mop bucket. There's just something about this that is appealing at every single level. I, I can't not like this. That's how good it is. And I'm betting pretty good money that you'll like it too. That's how good this is. That, that's amazing. And that's where we are in this conversation. Wasn't it fun? Thank you, Mike. Thanks for telling your story because that was always interesting. But more importantly, thanks for monitoring this mop bucket every single week, day in and day out, and keeping an online presence for something we should definitely know about. That's the pod. Learn something new every single day. You did today because who knew there was a mop bucket Instagram page? You didn't. I didn't. We didn't. Right? Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be good to each other. Be kind to each other. Take pictures of interesting phenomena and starting an Instagram page. You should do that as well. But most importantly, be safe. <laughs>